Do you know what a stream stage is? Well, if not, thanks for clicking on this episode. Today we're going to get into that a little bit more to discover what that term means and how we apply that to the work that we do here at DNR. So stay tuned and let us know if you have any questions. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Around the Water Cooler with NEDNR. Today it's me, Devin, and... And Alexa, hi! And today we have some people from Water Admin and Floodplain here to talk to us about StreamStage. We'll dun, get dun, into dun. that <laughs> in a little bit. But do you guys just want to introduce yourselves real quick? Yeah, so my name's Justin Holetic. I work in the Lincoln Field Office, and I started around 2014. My name's Jared Ashton. I'm a civil engineer with the department. I've been here for about eight years uh, working in the floodplain management section. Uh, I mostly deal with FEMA floodplain studies. Nice. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so recently it was brought to our attention that there's some confusion on some river basics um, between a stream stage and stream depth. So we were hoping that you guys could kind of talk to us about that and what those differences are. Justin, do you want to take it away? What is a stream stage? Um... So in our office, stream gauging is, is a lot of what we do with water administration. Um, and one of the most basic things at a stream gauging site or in any stream is um, establishing a stage of the river. And so the stage of the river or stream is essentially the level or the water surface above an arbitrary point. Um, it is important to properly assign a value to this. Um, that way you do not end up with negative values, uh, which could lead to some confusion to the public. So to be clear, you have a pole that's in the river or next to the river and this pole stick, whatever, has numbers yes. that show you where the water level is? Yes. So that is one, one way to determine the, the stage. Um, in our profession, we call that a staff gauge. And one place you can put one is kind of on a pier or a piling of a bridge, if you got one nearby. Um, another way to check the stream stage would be um, install equipment on a nearby structure, oftentimes a bridge, and you lower that equipment down to the water level. Um, and so the idea is that the bridge is not moving, and so that's an established elevation. And then you can check the water stage or the stream stage based off that fixed instrument. So I would just like to clarify, I know you kind of said it already, but stream stage can be negative, but that doesn't mean that there's no water in the stream. Can you go into that a little bit more? Yeah, so stream beds constantly shift, um, happens more with certain materials like sand, for example. Rocky places generally won't shift as much, but if you get into an area with a lot of silt and sand, there will be a lot of stream bed shifting. And so a stage developed or established 50 years ago, for example, um, the stream bed looks quite a bit different. Land use change, all these all these different things. And so over time, that can kind of creep down, creep lower, and eventually go to a negative stage. Um, in, in a river system like the Missouri, for example, it rarely goes to a shallow depth. And so when they were establishing the stage many years ago, they did not think that it would get this low. And so I think that's where we're starting to see some of those issues. Some of the streams that we have in the eastern part of the state or only a few feet deep in total, they're not gonna cause that much scouring and shifting in the stream bed. And so those numbers will generally not go negative because they will not be shifting a whole lot. So you get into a river like the Missouri, say they established that stage 
50 years ago, things changed quite a bit. A lot of floods have moved through. They've done some channelization. Um, could be a variety of different things that caused it. But that's how a negative value eventually comes to um, the river will go lower than it has or than they thought it ever would. And so that, that can create some issues when calculating river state. Okay. So the way that you measure a river stage can change. The river stage itself can change. But how does that relate to a stream or a river gauge? So a stream gauge is basically the equipment and the instruments in the area that will collect this data and transmit it to to our computers or, or wherever it goes. So a stream gauge is just the equipment next to the river that will record and transmit the data and send it to us. So the stream gauge itself is just the equipment that we install. And so you can use a variety of different methods, a bubbler and a radar, the two most common in our area. So you can fix a radar onto a bridge or a nearby stationary structure, and that will send a beam down to the river and back up to the radar, and that will tell you the river stage as it moves up and down. Or you can use a bubbler system where you bury a air bubble line near the, the stream bed, and that will constantly let out a little bubble. The instruments can then detect the pressure change of the pressure it takes to spit the bubble out, and then that will tell you if the stage is rising or if the stage is falling based on that pressure change. So the stream gauge, does that measure stream depth? Not necessarily. The stream gauge measures the stream stage itself. There's a difference in stream depth and stream stage. So the depth itself is constantly changing, and that's due to the scouring that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, Other factors also. So the stream depth can change, but the stream stage is still based off that arbitrary value that you established at one point long ago. That value, the stream stage value, can be changed just with some some simple calculations by the technician. Okay, so the stream gauge is the equipment, the tool to get the data. What does stream depth have anything to do with how much water is in the river? Like, why why should I care how much water is in a the river? There's all sorts of information uh, and all sorts of uses that you'd want to know how much water is in there for. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, being in floodplain section, uh, the most important thing to us is if there's a lot of water coming down the river, getting that information to any planners, just citizens need to know that they're potentially at risk of being flooded. Other uses that DNR would potentially use would be appropriating water from basins, You have to know how much water is in a river before you can determine how much water people can take out of the river. If you have, hypothetically, you underestimate or you overestimate how much water is in a river, you can end up with problems where people downstream don't have any water left in the river to take out to irrigate their crops. So floodplain and all of DNR uses water level, stream stages, stream discharges to help better manage water across Nebraska, right? Yes. Jared brought up a good point. So... Nebraska has a few compacts in place with the state of Kansas and Colorado, and we are supposed to be letting a certain amount of water go by. And so, like Jared mentioned, it's important to get that calculation correct with the stream stage and the discharge. And that way you can let enough water go by for the downstream irrigators, or that way our state is in compliance with the Blue River Compact, for example, the the little blue and the big blue rivers that, that run out of the state to the south into Kansas. Um, we're obligated to pass a certain amount of water. And so in order to know how much water is in there, we need to have a great understanding of the relationship between the discharge and the stage of that stream. And so every month we go out to these streams and we get a discharge measurement based off the stage of that stream. And then we calculate that number and we can create a rating curve. And that way, every time we log on the computer, 
and see whatever stream stage is down to the 10th or the 100th of a foot, we know how much water should probably be there based on the most recent environmental conditions. So I know that we were, we kind of jumped ahead a little bit, but you're talking about discharge. How do we calculate discharge and what is a stream discharge? So the discharge is the quantity of water flowing through any given point, which is calculated using the depth and the width and the velocity of the stream, um, which is measured in feet per second. So the unit of measurement in a stream would be a cubic foot per second. And for people unfamiliar with that, it is, if you can picture a basketball moving through an area that is one cubic foot per second by volume. It's a volumetric. Um, that can also be translated to gallons per minute for those that are more familiar with that. And so one cubic foot per second is roughly 448 gallons per minute. I can't even picture that, but I'm just imagining a bunch of basketballs rolling down. Yeah. <laughs> a garden hose at your house is probably roughly 10 gallons a minute, maybe a little bit less as a reference. Nice. Okay. I like the comparisons. Thank you. (laughs) One of the key issues that floodplain tries to always bring up is just making sure that people are aware of the tools that are available to them that they can use to know their risk of flooding. And that's where we like to get that information out there about stream gauges so that if you're on a stream that's gauged, you can know that information is available. National Weather Service and USGS have great tools where You can sign up for a text list where you live right by a gauge on, say, Salt Creek and Lincoln. You can have them text you if that gauge starts rising, if it hits certain levels, so that you can be just aware that flooding is happening. If you don't know what data is available or if flooding is happening, then people can't prepare themselves to make informed decisions during risk events. And doesn't NERF kind of use that data to show in flood simulations what that could look like? So we've talked a lot about stream stage. And like we said, that's the height of the water, but it's only at the stream gauge itself. You know, obviously as you go upstream or downstream of a river, conditions change, the the stream obviously is sloping. So it's hard for people to know what like a 20 foot stage means for their house if they're not right next to the gauge. So after 2019, floodplain management worked with the Nebraska Emergency Management Agency, NEMA, to get a grant to kind of try to take that information and make it more user-friendly, easier to access for the general public and for emergency managers. So we developed the Nebraska Real-Time Flood Forecasting Map, NERF. That's nerf.nebraska.gov. It'll be in the podcast (laughs) description. Check the notes. And what that does is it allows somebody to say, I live by Salt Creek in Lincoln. I got a text alert from National Weather Service saying we're in major flood stage on Salt Creek. It's 29 feet. I have no idea what that means for my house. So you can go to the NERF site, click on that gauge, and simulate what that flood looks like. Basically convert the stage height into an inundation boundary, a flood boundary. So you can go to the website, set it to 29 feet, and you can see exactly what that floods in Lincoln to see if it impacts your house. If say it gets into your yard, you can click on it and it'll tell you the depth of flooding at your yard. And that just is another tool that people can use to help prepare for flooding. You would obviously prepare for flooding differently if you click on that little polygon in your yard and it's two inches deep, or if you click on that polygon and it's four feet deep, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to change how you prepare, how you protect your property, your family from risk associated with that flood. Very interesting. Nerf is super cool. If you have not checked out the website, you have to go. Yeah. Right now we have 46 gauges that cover 54 communities. Those were an initial 
just try to get as much data and cover as much population as possible. We're looking always to expand it and add more uh, communities. If there's community interest, reach out to GNR, reach out to me. My contact information will be in the podcast notes. <laughs> <laughs> and we can see if there's a way that we can develop data to help prepare for flooding. Yeah, that's awesome. We do strongly encourage you to go check it out. We do have a podcast coming out next month. Uh, that talks more in depth about Nerf, so. And shows you what that looks like, so, yeah. So one thing I would like to add about river stage, Jared brought up a stage value of 20 feet, for example. That does not necessarily mean the river is 20 feet deep. It could be only four and a half feet deep at a stage of 20. The most likely way or the most common way to calculate the stage would be measuring three to five feet below the stream bed and calling that zero and so then you can expect the stream bed to scour at some point and it in theory shouldn't really reach a, a value lower than zero or a negative value even though it does happen sometimes yeah and that's one of the main things we wanted to do with the nerf site is to make it so that a typical user using a gauge looking at a gauge doesn't have to think about how does this stage convert to a depth you can just look at the stage and see the flooding boundary without having to know anything about how gauges work not having to know the rating curve of each yeah. stream and river. <laughs> Which is, the rating curve is constantly changing. Every every month we update. We update it with a new measurement for each stream gauging site. And we always try to make it to a site when it's reaching its peak discharge to try to collect as much data as we can as the river stage is cresting. That way the public and our department has an idea of how much water is there. Um, so they know what to expect for a similar rain event or snow melt event in the future. Because rivers are fluid and ever-changing. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to say that. Oh, I feel like you've been, you've been hanging on to that one for a while. <laughs> for, for a little bit, yeah. Very um, fluid. <laughs> I, we don't have anybody from water planning here to talk about what water planning does with river stage. But I also just want to give like a shout out that a lot of the drought monitoring that is happening throughout the department, sometimes there's a drought trigger for the lower plat drought monitoring dashboard. They use um, a stage at Ashland. And so if that water level goes below whatever the stage is or a certain amount of cubic feet per second, certain amount of discharge that's going, it triggers a drought warning. So the amount of water that's in a stream can be really important um, for quantity and excess or in like really dry conditions. So just wanted to do a little shout out to water planning and their work. Thank you guys for coming to talk about this. Um, our mission and our goal with this podcast is to relay deep, not deep. Some confusing terminology yeah. that sounds the same, like gauge and stage and depth, discharge and velocity and whatever the heck a cubic feet per second is. So many basketballs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you guys do have any questions um, after this, we will link to some contacts for you guys. We'll put Jared's contact info and Justin's. And yeah, and as always, if you just have some general questions for the agency, um, reach out to anybody and we'll point you in the right direction. But thanks again, guys. And I think break time's over. Break time's over. Water today, water tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>